Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. My voice is slightly back if you attended Bonehead Weekly Live. You know, somebody other than James who wasn't there. Yeah. At Lexington Comic Con. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I was no. I was at a conference. I, I I have to work for a living. I, I was at Comic Con and I still have to work for a living and managed to do both. I don't live a life of leisure. Yeah, yeah, you do. You're faculty. I'm sorry. You'll have to email your comment to my secretary. I didn't hear you. Yeah, well, she hot. Obviously, his secretary stole his microphone. Basically. Don't you have a microphone? Can they not afford such finery down there in Alabama? If I turned it on, I'd have to hear you all. No, that's the speaker. Yeah. That's a yeah. thing. Huh? No, I've got my microphone right here. It's the same one I used last week that y'all said sounded better. Is it's it turned Yeti. on? Yeah, it's turned on. Can we turn it up more? No. 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 I'm really right. good at turning you on, Chad. And the reason I'm using my headset is because I broke my microphone somehow right before the session started. You broke the microphone or you broke the stand? I broke the stand, but it's attached to the microphone. Thereby, for I broke the microphone, fucker. There's a microphone, fucker? Yeah. It's huh. called you. Get those get those, get those other Yetis It's out small, but it ain't that damn small. It ain't going to fit between the little middle things here. Can you hear this? No. Is my audio better now? No, I just wanted to know if my audio no, was better because it turns out it was using the it was using my camera mic, which is yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, does sound it sounds a lot better, and that's what I thought was going on. I'm yeah. sorry, I just didn't care. <laughs> oh my god, it, we get paid thousands and thousands of well wishes to do the show. Really, real, yeah, really. We're I've never with... been wished well in my life. Matter of fact, the last time somebody said, "Are you that bonehead?" Well, I won't say what they say because I don't use that type of language. But they, they were not wishing me well. Well, it's because you were attacking me. Well, in fairness, you are, you are a dick. I'm not a dick. You're a dick. No, <laughs> James, I'm an asshole. There's a difference. We're now, not stealing th- from two South things Park. can be true. <laughs> so this week's episode is going to be, it's a no topic kind of. But we're going to recap some of our favorite stories that happened at Lexington Comic Con. Hey, Joe, James, look, what I'm do- look what I'm doing, Joe. Yeah, I have a cough drop. I'm about to put it in. And then when I'm done, I'm going to put this cough drop in. I uh, <laughs> I don't need a cough drop because I have a good immune system. Y'all ever try having one of them? That What's funny is that I don't think I was contagious. I just think it was spring shit that just attacked me. Because any other weekend, I didn't need my voice. except I was going to say, I didn't get sick, thankfully. <laughs> Nobody got sick that was around me because I wasn't sick, sick, Chad. Oh, no. Have you I even Bryce? tested for COVID? Is Bryce okay? He's a national treasure. Fuck Wesley. <laughs> I mean, I would. He's younger <laughs> than me. Yeah. Dude, I hate to say it, but, you know, as time goes on, a lot of people are young. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew Bryce was. I didn't know Wes was. So, apparently, Wesley is went to college with a friend of mine at UK who I work with. Oh, cool. I know her name is Megan Kidd, and she ran into me today and said, "How the fuck do you know Wesley?" Out of the blue, <laughs> and I had to explain that you had the the, the sex. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That Wesley was on the show, and he and I look the same age, but he's ten years younger. <laughs> I need to tell him I said all this behind his back. Well, you're recording it and going to post it online. So Yeah, but let's not make the assumption, Chad, that somebody's going to listen. Touche. So, <laughs> James, tell us your favorite part of Comic-Con. 
Um, I heard there were signs. It's the only update I got. Somebody well, got a banner. That's the only thing they told me. Apparently, we tell me about the signs. Signs, signs, signs. Everywhere, signs. Blocking up the scenery. Am I the I only one that knows the words? No, Greg? I'm not going to do the lyrics. I refuse. I'm pro sign. <laughs> so don't even get me started on cosines. <coughs> we were going to do this. Calculus. We were going to do this episode next week, <coughs> but somebody's going on vacation with his children. Assuming James. James. Okay. Aren't your children coming to visit you? Me? Yeah. Isn't this the one week a year you get them? I don't get them. It's super. <laughs> oh yeah does, is it somebody from the court or does your wife yeah. kind of supervise it no it's, it's, it's the wife oh yeah yeah no it'll be a good time it's uh but i mean you don't know no I, I didn't know so we're not recording next week <laughs> uh you told me you couldn't oh did i i really don't remember that but there's every chance. are you chad back me up yeah no, no i dude i may have said it but it's it's been a week here. I won't go into details, but it's it's been a real. It's to borrow from uh, oh, what is the line from uh, Tucker and uh, Dale versus Evil? We have just had a. Oh shoot! Now I can't remember the line. Crap. Anyway, go ahead. Dead air. Anyway, back to what I was saying because James is useless. James. Yes. I tagged you in a post, so. Yes, I got yes. two things this weekend that I think three things that I can never replace. Three things. One, I got to make, I not only got to meet my favorite director and interview him, but I made him laugh. Two, I, at your expense, by the way. Uh, of course. Two, I had an experience with the three Blues Clues guys. Not a bad experience, but it happened in the bathroom. And I'll elaborate in a minute. Three, I made Chad so happy, he hugged me and told me he loved me on the Lexington Convention Escalator. Now, in all fairness, I have done that several times. But let's, this count was just, them on one, let's count them on one hand. You forgot the time we broke into that trailer and I gave you a big old kiss on the cheek. You mean my dad's camper? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have a key. We drove all the way to Tennessee and didn't bother to get a key. Yeah, but once you broke in, I gave you a big old smooch. Yeah, because there was nowhere to fucking go, Chad. We drove all the way to Tennessee. I thought you, said, I thought you were going to say, because there was nowhere else to fuck. <laughs> well, there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> oh, now y'all just ain't being creative. Huh? <sighs> y'all ain't oh. being creative. You could have found a place. By the way, the line I forgot was, we've had a doozy of a day. Speaking of a doozy of a day, my good friend... James Thomas loves Strange New Worlds. Anson Mount, who does a spectacular job as Captain Pike, was there this weekend. And James Thomas, my good, dear good friend, asked me if I could get something signed for him. James Thomas, I didn't get anything signed for you. James Thomas, do you know how many times I talked, talked, talked? I didn't talk any this weekend. I had this going on. Do you know how many times I talked to Anson Mount? How many? Do you know the number zero was he busy i never got down there but once and chad can back me up and that was to get chad and i to meet sam raimi because i never got a chance for him to sign my shit uh, i will say this uh i got down the, the couple of times i was down there he had a really long line so and he refused to do a panel 
Well, I, he was only there. Was he there two days? Uh, he was the there Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, two out of the four, right? Because it was. <clears throat> yeah, most of them are only there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, yeah. Sunday. So only time I'll give you an answer now story because it's ruined Captain Pike for me. I'll get over it. But he was sitting in the green room across from me, and I'm you don't talk to him, and that's fine. Let's do the conversation they initiated, and that's what it's supposed to be. I'm a professional, but he had a scarf, a long, like actor's gray scarf, and he slung it around and he's getting up and they do makeup on people, which makes sense. They're doing photo ops. They have a makeup person there. He's getting his makeup done. He's the only person I witnessed doing it male, but that's beside the point. And then when he was done, he got up and went over to suck up to Sam Raimi. Yeah. That's a short version. I guess I probably shouldn't have told that. No, I mean, honestly, honestly. If if I was a working actor and there was a director hanging out that I'd like to work with, why would you not? Yeah. Well, so I know Mr. Ramey made his own travel arrangements. The con didn't do that for him. They just sent him money for it. And I know Mr. Ramey did not stay. And I shouldn't know this, but I know did not stay at the same place that the rest of the folks did. No, if I've learned anything from his uh, films, he stayed at a cabin in the woods. He did not. He did not. But I had a guess of why he didn't do it. And I'm wondering if I didn't nail it. Because if you're still producing and directing and you're at one of these things, it's one thing to get paid for autographs and pictures, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably another thing to go into the green room and then get assaulted by people looking for work. What yeah. do you guys think? That's yeah. my theory. I can't prove it. There was two people <clears throat> who did not stay with the rest of them. No, but I mean, I kind of get that. I kind of get the, I mean, because in all honesty, just from what I know, and I obviously I have never ran a convention. Well, I've never ran one and wouldn't want to. No, no. But just what I've read from actors and biographies and stuff like that, and when if they talk about conventions, if there are people and they talk about it and they're, I mean, because I've read somewhere they're like, you know, you want, and I forget who it was, but they talked about like, you pick the most unlikely place people assume you would go. Well, Shatner doesn't stay at the convention either, right? No, no, Shatner doesn't. Um, somebody told me once, I think it was a creation con. and I, No, it wasn't creation. It was one of the other ones. But they told me they were like, no, he has a very specific like. And I guess it's what he's had to do to stop people from falling in back to the hotel. That makes sense. Which I, you know, I don't, it, it's one of those things. Cause I think about it sometime and I, I, I really, we've had authors on the show. Yeah. And I love authors. Mm -hmm. I've never encountered an author that I didn't like at least getting a story out of. Right. Like, I right. mean, there's authors. That I mean, they're I don't actually crazy, but yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That they, they run the spec, but you always, to me, an author always has a story to tell about what it's like to be an author enough it, besides what they write. Okay. That being said, I've came to a realization, this is nothing to do with comic con, but I've came to a realization that for a long time, I always thought, you know, I'd like to be a novelist. Like that one, when I was growing up, that was like, Oh, if I could just be, <laughs> and the older I get, the more I realize that is a course that I am glad did not work out. Why? Stability. I think. The older I get, the more I'm like, you know, you know, I think about, well, Harlan Nelson is, an what's this got to do with Comic-Con? 
No, I don't know. Y'all weren't saying anything, so I'm filling time. But no, I, I think about it. And actually, I will the argue. The whole damn time. I will argue, actually, the same. The, I guess it ties back to your point about actors. What happens when their show goes off the air? What happens when you don't have another book? What well, happens? You're always you hustling. Play? You're always hustling. Yeah. We've talked and so about I, this I, I admire that. I friends. understand why people have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, as you've said before, Joe, when we've interviewed authors, most authors have a day job. Most, yeah. Our good there's friend very, Laurel Laurel Hightower has a day job. There's very few Stephen Kings out there. Not a ton, no. You got Stephen King, Dean Koontz, and and George R. R. Martin, and and Cormac McCarthy. Who's ninety years old, but still, I mean, as far as making a living, still writing. I was going to say, are we leaving? Well, I guess she's not writing anymore. I was about to say Lovecraft Lady, but I meant to say Harry Potter. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. She still she had a book come out not too long ago. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't read it. I hear it was huge. Actually, trans community. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's a complication in and of herself, but. But no, she's still, uh, she wrote, I want to say the Babadook. It's not the Babadook, obviously, but she wrote something about a mythical creature that only, like, it's somewhat, and she had kids do the illustrations. And everybody's like, oh, it's cool because you can submit your artwork. And she picked the ones that she liked for the book. And I'm like, no, that's free labor. Why is Chad moving his camera? It's, the angle's bothering me. Mm. So, (laughs) James, I wanted to get you something from Manson Mount. I never got it. And here's what I'll make you feel better about, buddy. I'm sorry. No, no. Is not only did I not get to meet him, okay? I, the Warwick Davis Q&A that I was all set to do Saturday night, talk to the agent at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, because we still didn't know if he, if I was just going to introduce him or do nothing, and the agent would introduce him. He wanted me to do the Q&A, moderate the whole nine yards. I'm not feeling well and tired. Go home, ecstatic. Wake up, go to the place. Because Kevin Smith couldn't get into on a plane, everything got backed up with photo ops, and they had to cancel Warwick's Q&A to get all the photo ops in with Warwick and everyone else. Oh. So, I try to be a good friend, and I get a, a pass for my good friend's daughter and for my ungrateful, ungrateful wife to go see Warwick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've still never laid eyes on the little bastard. I didn't see him when we were over in the Ramey line, Chad. Did you? No. I didn't see him. I, I saw still- him for, so before that, I saw him from a distance. And, you know, my whole story is Abby just knew him from, my daughter just knew him from Willow. And they loved Willow. Oh, I thought she knew him from Harry Potter. Well, I'm, let me get to that. Uh, I'm. She just knew him as Willow. And... She, they were just excited to see Warwick Davis because he was in Willow. Yeah, and we kind of had to go to the back of the line and go at an angle, and we could see Warwick Davis. And she's like, "Daddy, there he is, there he is." And then you know, on the back of most of the 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 actors, they have their name and they have the projects that they were involved in. Right. And then she saw Harry Potter, and then she made the connection. She's like, "Oh my gosh, he's James. Help me. He's Professor Fizzywick. Fizzle- uh, Flit, uh, Flitwick." Flitwick, and she's like, "Daddy, I didn't know he was from Professor he's Flitwick." Also, one of the uh, one of the bankers. The yeah, he's the banker. He's one of the troll yeah. bankers, Goblin yeah. bankers, um, and that's what I told her he was in. Um, and she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" So yeah, uh, Joe got the free pass, and you know, technically, I could have 
got an autograph from Warwick Davis, <laughs> but it meant too much to her. And it's not, these are not about me anymore. This is about them. Um, and she still goes upstairs every day and looks at that autograph That's awesome. and, and smiles. So, yeah, it's like and I wasn't looking ago. for a thing. It was more of it was more of no, no. I, I, it's more of what I was. What it, what really the reason I told that story was because I get this a lot. Well, I don't get it a lot, but I get it from people who ask these questions. Oh, you got to hang out with so and so. You get to talk to so and so. It's what you, <laughs> what a glamorous job. It's not <laughs> glamorous. It's the best gig on earth. If you're me, it's one of the best. I can't. I am so grateful for it. But I just need to clear up. For anyone listening, normally I'm not hanging out with celebrities. If yeah. I am, it's because I'm sitting in the same room consuming either some sort of drink or food, and I don't engage them unless they engage me because I'm a professional. Very few times do you ever have, and we've we've been really lucky on Bonehead, where we've been friends and made friends with them over the years, and that's been fantastic. Right, gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, have you told Mick or Pete? Because I haven't had a chance to. <laughs> I told Pete. Pete's coming back on the show. Oh, yay. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to tell you all after this, but hey, yeah. Pete Shawley's coming back to and the show. Mick, if you're listening, uh, I, when we did talk to Ramey, I said, oh, by the way, we're really good friends with Mick Strawn. He, I was like, you worked with him on uh, Mantis and and uh, uh, Hercules. Legendary. He's like, I haven't seen Mick in 30 years. Will you tell him I said hi? And I have. I thought Joe was going to do it. So, Mick, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. I didn't. I hadn't told you yet. Sorry. I hadn't <laughs> talked to Mick, but I did. Honestly, what happened was is Pete Von Schaley's post was up about something, and I thought, oh, by the way, Pete, you were on Bonehead. Blah 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 blah. Met Sam Raimi. He and he and give Sam credit about Pete. He was like, I worked with him on Dark Man. Yeah. He was very specific. He did. He didn't even skip a beat. Didn't skip a beat. But, but, but what you were saying earlier, because you've moderated obviously way more than I have, but literally the experience of moderating any of these panels, whether it's Supernatural Guest for Scarefest, whether it's whatever it is, really our exposure normally, Chad, you, you okay? <laughs> It's one of the, it's one of my many medical issues. I'm okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just was like that that pop out of socket or something. Anyway, um, yeah, it does. Okay, yeah, no, I get, I get. Um, but <laughs> but normally, to Joe's point, you walk up if you if you can get to them. Yeah, and you normally say something like, "What I normally do is, hey, I'm going to moderate your panel." They'll normally say, "Introduce." themselves or i'll go back and forth with them usually i try to contact them before over social media sometimes it works out. but then it's normally i don't do any of that you don't want to talk about yeah i don't do any of that anymore see i I, and the only time like for instance i did the other part i'll explain in a second yeah yeah but i I think i mean but no i I was just echoing what you're saying like i said you do it more than i do but it is never a you know, it's not like we're having dinner the night before and having a good time. And having, it's not speed dating. It's, hey, I'm doing this thing. Please, God, don't let me mess it up. Let me know what you what, what do you not want to talk about? What do you want to avoid? My good friend Clay asked me about it sometime. And I said, well, people ask me about going to dinner. And I was like, that doesn't happen either. And most of the time, most of them are very nice. They're not complete assholes, 90%. And he said, so, and he his point was, Really, what it is, is just two opposite ends of the spectrum and everything's in the middle. And I said, that's absolutely correct. So for someone like Mick Strawn, 
we've become good friends. The three of us are good friends with him over the years, right? Right. Or someone like, um, oh my goodness, my mind just went blank. Uh, Marvel uh, editor, Chad. Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter. I've done it. I've done his panel so many times. He remembered me, and we just hit it off talking about stuff that had really nothing to do with comics, and we end up drinking. And I have every intention to drink him with him in Huntington. I hear he may be a guest. I actually requested, and apparently he and Katrina are good friends, which makes my life easier. But that happens infrequently. For example, tell people how I do this. I, I always have research, but normally I don't need to do all the research because the audience, no one, first thing you always need to remember, no one come to see you. They've come to see the, the guest. You are a fluffer. You are to get the crowd going and you're to have them in a good mood, especially when they're 10, 15 minutes late, like the Blues Clues people were 15, 20 minutes late just because they had so many photo ops. That's easy enough. <laughs> and a six-year-old little girl who I want to give a shout out today, um, I think her name was Rita. Thank you so much to Rita and her mom for letting me borrow Rita. She was a real firecracker who started asking me questions when Blues Clues were on and my voice was going and I was, I was running out of... There wasn't much left. And then I said, well, just read it. Come on up here. And then the little girl got on the stage, sat behind the microphone, and we did Q&A with her for 10 minutes. And people were asked some of the best questions like, hey, do you put the peanut butter on or do you do <laughs> jelly on first? It was a good time. But really, you just prepare. Sorry about that. We had a little interruption, a little computer problem. What were we talking about? You were talking about how you uh, – uh... Oh, yeah. So basically, you do all the research, and then Lexington Comic Con does a really good job with this. And we're going to work on this with Scarefest. I think I, have, I think I can talk Brandon into it. Is that they bring them in the back, and normally I just say, is there anything you do want to talk about? Just like James said, don't want to talk about us. There's a project coming on, blah, blah, blah. If I get a chance to meet them beforehand, that's great. But it just gets so packed, especially Lexington Comic Con is the biggest show that we do because there's 30,000 people. It's hard. You saw those lines. I mean, it's not like I can knock somebody out of line for the moderator to talk to him for a minute. So that's what you, <clears throat> and normally they'll tell you if there's something in their past, they don't want to talk about or anything like that. And they usually pretty much appreciate it. And that's the <laughs> gist of it. Now, what were you saying, James? No, I, I, I was just saying, you know, I think that's, but we don't get to hang out with them. No, but I think the fun part about it is it's the weird little stories that happen, right? The weird little interactions that do happen. Like, I'll be honest, I will Lloyd go to Kaufman. my grave. What now? I was thinking Lloyd Kaufman, but go ahead, James. Actually, I will go to my grave with Sarah Karloff burned into my memory just right there. See, and that, that's there. right now, that's me with Lloyd Kaufman. So. But, but saying inappropriate things to you when no one's listening, James. Nobody yeah, I can hear and of course, she's Sarah Karloff, I believe, and I, I hope I'm not wrong, but I think she was late 70s, early 80s when I did that oh, panel. At least, at least in her 70s. And honestly, the, the true story behind that panel is just so, because I'm getting ready to start talking and all that stuff, and I'm doing the, you know, I'm James, and, the, and people were still coming into the room and everything, and she waited till right before I had to turn around and say, hey, let's get started to the crowd, and she fired off a couple comments where I'm like, I'm going to turn red as I turn to face the crowd, but they were great. They were just, and it's, you know, I think it's one of the things that, uh, for instance, and I don't know if I even have told you all this, but like when I did Victoria Price's the same uh, scare fest, mm -hmm. um, 
she signed something for me and it actually was, you know, thank you for your moderation. Thank you for, and it was, it's just really cool because, you know, she has signed a lot of cookbooks and stuff right? You know, for her father, but I don't think many of them mention, you know, thank you for everything you did to moderate the panel. Right. That's, that's part of it. And it's just one of those cool things that, you know, it doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but I was like, Hey, I got to meet you know, Vincent Price is one of my favorite everythings. And just to be able to talk to somebody about him, let alone his daughter, was a cool experience. And I guess <clears throat> it is. It, it is. It's 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 amazing time, and I wouldn't trade anything for it. I mean, Chad, you talk. You can talk about Lloyd Kaufman. I mean, last year we we were going. He Scarefest and Adrian were fantastic. Always got to give him credit to get him as a guest on our show, mm -hmm. doing a live show, and then Chad, which you can watch. On yeah, on YouTube or on anywhere you get your podcast. But and Chad, you spent how long? So I mean, he loved you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm a, a big, big fan. fan. Of, yeah, I'm a big fan of trauma films. I just love I love their 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 schlocky movies, and um, I just put together my questions. I've done research. I you know, and we just was able to put together a conversation with the man, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And so the fact much. that. Go ahead. The fact the I mean, fact that he invited us to do his premiere of his movie at, at there. That's what I was about to say. That's one of those unicorn moments. That is rare. We don't get that often. Yeah. Right. But that was a unicorn moment where he said, why don't the boneheads come over and introduce and actually talk to, I guess, technically the term is handler mm -hmm. about, oh, yeah, no, we totally need to make that happen. And then we got stories out of that. So <laughs> well, by then, everybody had had drinks. Well, yeah, I didn't. Who hadn't. But everybody yeah. else had had drinks. Yeah, it was a midnight showing, and good time for him. We'll never get it back. We'll never get it. We'll, we'll no. never get it back. No, and it's the fact that I mean, literally, and I'm not as huge a Terma fan, but I did watch the Toxic Crusaders cartoon, and just to hang out with that, you well, know, he, it's like John Waters. I've told you all before. I'm not a huge John Waters fan as his movies. I love a couple of them, but I'd love to hang out with John Waters. Oh man! And I think that's the entire thing too. Is that even if you're not a Lloyd Kaufman, like a trauma super fan, you have to respect the fact that Lloyd really does walk the walk when it comes to, hey, independent film matters. Mm -hmm. And this is the stuff that people will talk about 30 years from now, not necessarily the high gloss stuff, but the cult followings do matter. Yeah, And I was like, yeah, he's right. I mean, it's not, poultry guys ain't for everybody. But it's one of those things that it's so But Sergeant back. Kabuki Man is so i will tell a couple of stories i know brian combs who who supports the show and has his own podcast that one show asked and then a couple other people can't remember what it so this is what i did to james what happened was is i was sitting in the green room saturday morning trying to get my voice back i'd already taken shit from everybody about it because i as brandon griffith pointed out to me in the hyatt lobby i don't know if i told either one of you this at 10 30 that night when he was hiding in the back of the restaurant and all the way in the back. And his wife told me, will you please go talk to Brandon being antisocial behind a laptop? And I walked up and I said something. He goes, what's wrong with you? And I was like, my voice. And he said, you have one fucking job. And then he started just moving his hand like this, like you talk, you talk, you talk, you talk, you talk, you <laughs> one job. You're fucking useless. I mean, he's right. I mean, I went, I, he's not wrong. And if he'd have been no. another man that had punched him, but Brandon, I thought it was funny. Or you all, it was funny because I yeah. knew him. <clears throat> so I, Saturday morning, trying to get my voice back, sitting in the green room. Um, 
and I sat down two tables away from the Ramey brothers and I'd already met Ted once before. And they, I know trying Chad knows there's only a few times I have to dig it deep. Most of the time star thing doesn't bother me. I just push it down. Yeah. Sam Raimi, it bothered me because I was, oh my God, how am I going to screw this up? Plus my voice is gone. I was waiting for this chance for a lifetime. So I shoved it down, but the two of them start talking and they're talking about their panel and they're talking about, well, who's the moderator? I don't know if we have a moderator, blah, 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 blah. So at this time, I feel like I should get up. So I'll get up, walked over and said, sorry, my name is Joe Lewis. I'm actually your moderator. Don't not to interrupt you. Oh, okay. Your name, who you're who Joe Lewis, Sam Raimi shakes my hand and sits down. From the chagrin, a little bit of Ted Raymond. Did not look overly excited about it. He starts asking me questions. And then we start talking a little bit. And all of a sudden, <coughs> Ted goes, and I was told not to tell this story during the panel, but he was not specific about never telling the story. So I'll tell the story. Ted Ramey, if you thought, oh, maybe he was short with me, maybe this, his filling fell out Saturday morning before he got to his table. Mm -hmm. So we're going back and forth of what to do. Now, Sam's his older brother. And what do older brothers do? Do they, are they supportive and kind and wonderful? I mean, some I try to be. be. Some may be, but that's not never Chad, been my experience. But that's not your experience either, James. He no. starts going, wait, is there a dentist? Wait, in hold on. James, you're an older brother. No, what? But well, no, but I'm the middle <laughs> kid. Like the technically, elder. you're an older brother to your sister. Yeah, and I'm a delight. And technically, <laughs> we're lovers to her, Chad. What's your point? I, mm, there you go. By the way, can we switch positions? I'm tired already. Can, no, can, I'm tired of being on. I, I like being on the bottom. Man. I just wish you were not on top of me before we got to Catherine. But that's yeah. not the point. By the way, I think we're doing it wrong. I think so, too. And I want my penis out of you. Well, you know. <laughs> well, by the way, I hate to tell you all this, but you do know that... Um, I mean, I don't mean to tell a family secret, but that's not my sister. I don't know who you all have. and We I know, know it's your mom. I no. don't know what you think. I mean, honestly, if one of you wanted to be my new father, I mean, just treat my mom well, I guess. I, if it makes her happy. Now, if you don't make her happy. Oh, no. Yeah. Throwing up. As, long, as long as we're getting the land. Mrs. Thomas is. Oh, no, no. That's already. No, that's already deeded over. <laughs> so you won't, get, you won't get the Thomas Empire. He starts asking for, is there a dentist in the house? Like a doctor in the house. Now, the handler they gave them, sweet young lady, I don't know her name. She couldn't have been a day over 19. And he looks at her and she goes, she does have no idea is there a doctor in the house joking. He looks at me and goes, she doesn't get it. You get it. I go, I get it. We have my best friend. We have two best friends. We have this blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah. And I said, he is a doctor, a doctor of educational history, not a real doctor. <laughs> so this is what he starts giggling. And I say, we have this joke. Is there a doctor in the house? Not you, motherfucker. You're useless. I mean, he cackles. Cackles. Ted, not laughing at all. No, no. Of course, he's also insane. holding his feeling. He then goes, does somebody get me a toothpick? Ted, don't worry about it. I've got a toothpick. We'll get a toothpick. We'll get it right up in there and break it off. You know, I spent that year working with dad in that woodworking. I think we maybe we just need to, just a piece of wood and I cut it down. Maybe not a toothpick. And I said, well, seriously, Ted, <clears throat> my wife works in the College of Dentistry. Maybe we can get somebody. You hear that, Ted? His wife is a practicing dentist. She will work on you. And I said, no, she's not a dentist. What I'm hearing from you, Joe, is that she wants to be a dentist and needs practice. Ted, it keeps fucking going. 
and no one's and laughing. Jamie Greer's on the other side of me on the phone going, I'm seeing if I can find a travel dentist. And he's not, he's like, no, no, Joe's wife wants to practice to be a dentist. <laughs> I'll take it with me to my grave, gentlemen. Even, but Sunday afternoon, by the time Chad and I got to him, I think he's wore out. Oh, he was tired. You could tell. He just by the look of him, he was tired. <clears throat> they had to cap those lines, man. I didn't know Sam was yeah. going to be signing that much. They added 40 at the end of the day, Saturday. And I thought, well, man, he could have done a lot more. But I mean, I guess when you're tired, you're tired. Yeah. But, but I mean, also, you, you, you're, you I mean, you want to give, I would assume, I hope, I hope, you know, if somebody's paid for an autograph, and I'm not taking the side of the autograph seekers because let me, let me borrow from Harlan Ellison. You paid for the autograph. That's what you get, right? right? You didn't get my time. You don't get, I will give you what you paid for. Mm -hmm. That being said, you do want to make sure it's good, right? I mean, that's one of the things. So you need to take care how of many times can you sign before your signature changes? He drew a ghosty on mine. You can barely, if you're on YouTube, if on the, or towards the other side of my head. No, I can't even remember how to point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, we see it. You're good. You're pointing the right direction. That took me a second. <laughs> but no, no, I, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's one of the things that, and maybe that's the other side of it. I mean, and and to your point, I think about all the times when people do talk about what is it like to actually sit and sign for hours and get the same questions. Yeah, because that's one of my favorite stories, and it's it's it is a Harlan Ellison adjacent story, but him is him talking about what your line looks like, and I if you know who these figures are. Harold Nelson was once doing like a book signing convention. It was a book uh, author convention. Yeah. And it was basically the publishing houses each got a room and they would put whoever they're publishing, you know, whoever they had at that time. Right. And I think he said that they were committed. You had to sit at the table six hours. That's what the publishing company was paying you for. But of all people, Harlan Ellison, would you like to guess who was Harlan, to Harlan Ellison's right? He, he was against the wall, so the wall was on his left. But it was Louis L'Amour. <laughs> and he said, people always Whoa, say, Hold on, really quick. Louis L'Amour is a prolific Western writer. Harlan Ellison. Our audience may not know that. Harlan Ellison was a short Jewish speculative fiction writer. And if you're thinking, did these two gentlemen get along? The answer is absolutely. <laughs> Tony Nelson it told that story one. I can't remember where the story is, if I can remember, but he told it in an interview once. And he said, people are like, oh, y'all don't write any of the same stuff. And he literally said, Louis L'Amour looked over at him and goes, what do you write? And he said, I write speculative fiction. Now, what is that? He goes, stuff that doesn't actually happen. He said, oh, okay. And then they just ended up having this conversation about right while they were signing, just while they were signing, going back and forth, back and forth. And I think that's the other sign of it. To Joe's point, you've done Ted Ramey's thing. And we do, you know, if you see people, Jim Shooter, multiple times, sometimes they do get to know you. Well, but you that's the other side of it. Sometimes these celebrities do so many cons together, they get to know one another. And, and occasionally the, you see stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so Jim Shooter is the exception. There is three or four Power Rangers, gentlemen. I mean, I, I asked the same question no matter what. And we were about to do it Sunday. And Catherine Sutherland, and I looked over at her, and she's the blonde, she's the pink Power Ranger. I said, I said, you've done this with me many times. I doubt that she ever remembers my name. Right. 
right. No, but if I mean, if you do, but, and she goes, yeah, I probably, I think I have, and I go, I, every year we do this every yeah. year. They never remember my name, but Jim Shooter and I got along. And do you see what I'm saying? You never know, even with familiarity, you never know. It's just like people on the street. Some people you make friends with, some people you don't. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, I agree. It's the same thing as anything else, right? I think that's one of the things that, like, obviously on a different scale, but we we work in education, and occasionally we go to conferences, and you meet people at conferences, and some of them you think, well, I'll probably never see that person again. But every blue moon, you meet somebody, and you're like, oh, okay. I would assume it's similar if you're, I mean, it's acting is a different type of job, but it's not completely foreign that you're still human and you're going to encounter these people. Yeah, and and a lot of them just become friends on the circuit too. The other good thing I have to talk about, I mean, I had a I had a blast several different, and the Blues Clues guys were actually amazing to me. My voice was going there. I will tell this story. I don't know. Should I tell that one? Did I tell you about it, Chad? Should I tell that one, or should yeah. I keep that one to myself? I would keep that one to yourself. Okay, well, they were great to me, but I will say, Donovan, who played Joe on Blues Clues, they're all three nice, but he and I talked the next morning. Now, I doubt that we're going to be friends, but I mean, it's some of it is great. And then some of them, they just kind of do their thing and go about it. But I had a wonderful time. <clears throat> I don't know how crazy it was Saturday. Chad, you didn't go down Saturday, did you? I didn't come Saturday. No, I was very busy. So, yeah, I couldn't I make it. Want, I do want to mention, though, Bryce O'Quay and Wesley Gift and whoever showed up for our live panel. It was slightly better numbers than last year, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but the, it, I think it was a better show. Mm -hmm. And the crowd, and Jamie Greer got me a bunch of cupcakes for my birthday, had them in the green room. I took them out, immediately gave it out with the bourbon that we were giving out at the show. Chad, you know what? It was Saturday night or Sunday before I realized I never got one of those cupcakes. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I wasn't eating those yet. No, I never got one. But you did get peach cobbler, so that beats it. I did get some peach cobbler. Oh, you got some peach cobbler. I know. I was happy. You got to hang out in there. It was peach cobbler. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get any peach cobbler. Well, yeah. if you were yeah. in Mississippi, you would have been right next to us. Hey, hey, James, peach cobbler was amazing, bud. Who was in the room when you were in there? With me? Oh, uh, the the ancient aliens guy. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, John Stith went to dinner at Nick and Norman yeah. Saturday night, Sunday night, and Ted and Sam Raimi were there with him. <laughs> and Tinkerbell was there too. Tinkerbell. Oh, okay. But by, so, by the way, that's that's the other mm -hmm. thing. Um I lost my train of thought. about um shoot, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, oh, I was gonna say back to you, Chad. That's okay. I stopped by this place and they that they're known in, in New Orleans. Somebody told me I had to go there if I like seafood. And what they do, Chad, is they cut the fish like like almost potato, like thick cut potato thin, but then they basically make like they're like fish chips. They're really good. If you like, like, but they're big. I mean, they're long. Yeah. Then, so if you going? like like that Rafferty's uh, catfish, imagine uh -huh. that, but it's really thin cut, so it's it's really good. You mean Ramsey's? Whatever. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> I don't. Doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't go places anymore. I'm, I've committed to this vow of, uh, whatever. So, I don't know about thin fried fish. It just seems weird. Oh no, I, I felt the same way. But somebody told me, listen, it's, it's called. Um, 
How did we get on this? Well, Chad was bragging about his peach cobbler, so I, that's the only thing I had going for me was I got. Well, I got really if you were here, you could have had peach cobbler. I know, I know, but I I had that conference and I have to work. Mm. I, I can't. Uh, you going to make the Scarefest one? Where we should get another panel at Scarefest. I'm I'm hoping. I need to see. Uh, I know it's scheduled. I need to pull up my academic schedule for next year and see if I can go. Because if it's anywhere near Halloween. Maybe because I, I it's I, in, it's the second to last weekend of October. It's October twenty through the twenty second, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. That's about right. I'll have to check because that may be. I may have to come in later than that because I don't miss my son's birthday or Halloween. Which... By the way, Adrian, if you're listening to this, she's not listening to this. She's you're not. welcome. <laughs> yeah, go to Scarefest. I mean, let's face it, boys. Scarefest and Lexington Comic Con been damn good to us over the years. Yeah. And well, I I didn't know I I had some people I work with go down Thursday night I didn't get to go, and I I still never got to see our name in the marquee. Did any did you get to see it, Chad? No. Apparently they sit around, but the fact that they put Bonehead Weekly in the marquee, the rolling marquee, was it was real sweet. I mean, I just yeah. meant the world to me. And not only that, and I think we've got a couple of James for you. This is a thing they do in conventions now. I never heard of this. They have these little, um, what are they called again? They go on oh, your ribbons. ribbons uh, badge. Yeah, badge ribbons. Badge ribbons. Like you would get a conference for all those weird yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah, the, the presentation conferences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The academic. Yeah. yeah, you know, all the balloon blowers. Anyway, they have like that. They made one for Bonehead Weekly. Oh, really? Yeah. It was. It was That's cool. Incredibly sweet. Incredibly sweet. Yeah, I was about to say, and that's the thing, and we've this is no secret. We we are never going to become wealthy off of this. We'll probably never break even doing this. No. But it's little stuff like that that honestly just makes us go, yeah, we'll keep doing it, right? I mean, because there's yeah. no oh, you mean bonehead, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no epic payday. You know, iTunes don't send us a check. No. But I, I truly appreciate it. Of course, they also did several other smart-ass ones, like little, I hate calling it, Brandon Helms runs most everything. He's a floor manager. The, his one that he passed out, and they call him the short guy in the videos, and a lot of people walk up to him and go, are you the short guy? Because he's a short person. And his was six out of seven of something like, interesting fact, six out of the seven dwarves are not happy. Something. I don't know. It was really a short joke made by Jared to – shit on his buddy yeah he's not yeah. a nice person <laughs> so you know, you know it's one of those things that honestly sometimes like it's one of those things like you were saying earlier you can make certain jokes to certain people yeah yeah i wouldn't want to be a random person who just walked up and insulted him I, in yeah. fact i wouldn't do it in front of me and punch him he's a really sweet person he's a nice guy yeah, but I mean, there's certain people like honestly, if you all like, if you hadn't made fun of me in front of Sam Raimi, if you went, my dear friend James isn't here, I do not know how I shall go on. I would worry the hell of that something had happened to you. He something was, was wrong. It, no, it was perfect. It was perfect. He done had a stroke. You're not a real doctor. You're fucking useless. I mean, worse. yeah, not not in that way. By the way, that's the exact. What's well, really funny about that? The same time you were doing that, I was probably said it was Saturday <laughs> morning. I was presenting. And probably being not, not I, I won't say applauded, but probably give, being given credit for how good of a historic educational historian I am. Which, by the way, just shows you the great mysteries of the cosmos. Now, what it shows you, if you get in the right room with the right number of people, you can be a rock star. 
Oh, yeah, that's it. And that's what I, I actually, Joe, I'll be what, honest, what, he, what he doesn't say is when when the other when the one half of the crowd applauded, the other half woke up. That's not true. Dude. The I people that hold on, Joe, uh, hold on, Chad, the people that were sleeping didn't bother to show up. <laughs> well, who's <laughs> going to show up for a 9 a.m. meeting about boarding houses? It wasn't about boarding. I do more than that. I'm a published author, academic, and nobody reads it, but still published, sir. Yeah, I understand. Well, we're getting a little low on time. We just wanted to talk about Lexington Comic Con. I'm thinking next week we should have the the full recording up from it. So check that out. We do appreciate the Greers. They've always been fantastic. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I will say one thing really quick. Let's all do one thing that we've watched that we really liked that shocked us. I can't go on about how much I love Knock at the Cabin or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, it's based on the book by Paul Tremblay, uh, Cabin at the End of the World. Knock at the Cabin Door is what it's called. Knock at the Chad, cabin. did you? I Dave Batista is amazing in it. Actually, everybody's it. good in it, and I yeah, like it. I have not got to see it yet because I took my son to see Ant-Man, but my wife and eldest child went to see it and it made the eldest cry. Well, at the end of it, there's a lot of people who were on my timeline complaining about the ending and how they hated it. And what really put the ribbon and the cherry on it for me was the ending. Yeah, it wasn't a typical M. Night Shyamalan. It was not an M. Night Shyamalan ending. I loved it. I thought it was great. I could. I had no desire to go see it in a the theater if it hadn't been on Peacock for free, and I needed to review something for Scarefest. I probably wouldn't have bothered, but it was great. Chad, shoo, guys. Um, I'll be honest with you. Lately, I haven't seen a whole lot of good <laughs> other than that. Uh, I want. I will say other in terms of old movie. I, I I've just been watching a lot of old movies. Uh, The Man from Nowhere is fantastic. It's from oh. South Korea. It's from South Korea. Um, it's about a man who uh, runs it's from a nowhere. It's right there in the child. Well, it's about a man who who runs a little pawn shop in this apartment complex, and this little girl who he connects with is kidnapped, and he uh, goes out of his way to find her. Oh, that's cool. It was uh, on uh, Prime and Tubi. Prime and Tubi, Man from Nowhere. All right, James. I'll be honest. I started watching it. For background noise, and I may have even mentioned it last week. I don't remember. Uh, but I started watching it for background noise, and now I can't stop. And I never thought, because I'm not a big fan of the character. Or I thought I wasn't. Maybe I am. H.P.L. Perry Mason. Oh, H- yeah, I, I need to watch Perry Mason sometime. That's, well, Same it's, here. It, it is. And, and Chad, I think I even told you, if yeah, you, you like told me. Motherless Brooklyn. But what I was going to say is, A, watch first season, because it is... Second season of the continuation, you can't start. But there is a scene in the second season that when I honestly, <laughs> um, well, I'll, just, I'll be honest, I, I, I obviously watched the news out of Kentucky. And I had watched the news of them arresting the the students that were protesting the bill that got passed in Kentucky yesterday. Which bill? Uh, the I think it's SB 150. Basically, the if you're a trans student now, you don't have the rights that you had. Oh, okay. And and Governor Bashir had vetoed, and I'm not being political here, but my entire stance on this, I don't care Republican, Democrat. Some people's lives are hard. Why would you make them hard? Why do you make them harder? Yeah, he did veto it, but I th- they overrode it. They overrode it, and that's what it was. They overrode it, and there were some, there were students that had <laughs> came in to protest 
and they got arrested. They arrested him, which I was like, mm, peaceful protest. I don't, I, I felt yeah. weird about it. But they anyway. don't arrest. They don't arrest all the ones that in our in our state that go up to the Capitol steps holding gigantic Uzis. No, no, but that little, the, literally, the scene problem. that I saw was probably a young lady. I won't say little girl. Probably, I mean, probably middle school, maybe high school. But literally, it they sent three large men, big at my size or bigger, to go after this and to uh, put the strip ties on her and leave yeah, her out. I, I know, I know, this isn't a political podcast, but that just riles me up to no end. People well, come out there with with guns like crazy. I couldn't take my, my I had my kids in the area not not and we had to leave because my kids got scared. But some kids go up to the Capitol <laughs> and 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 protest about something that's important, and they immediately get arrested. It's ridiculous. Well, and that's so all of that, and so I was watching it, and I've really gotten into the show. It is really good. It's because it starts with him being a private detective and it is set during the 1930s. So it follows the original novelists because it was set in the 1930s. That being said, there's this scene in the second uh, episode or second season, episode one. And I had just watched that. And that's actually why I turned on. I'm like, I can't, I, I got to go to fictional crimes because I can't handle the world that I live in anymore. And it's been a rough week anyway. And I was watching it and there was a scene where he's sitting down with the DA who is quote unquote one of the good guys, but he's slimy as a DA would have been during that time because of prohibition and all that stuff. And he's still drinking and doing anyway, the DA has this line and they even use this line in the trailer. I found that later from the same season where the DA says there is, he, he said, people want to believe that there's truth and that truth will lead to justice, but that's just all fantasy. We have to tell people that so they'll believe in something. And Perry Mason's line back is, who the F wants to live in that world? And he storms out and goes to get drunk. And I literally was like, that scene, after everything I saw, just resonated with me so much that I can't remember. I, I have to go back and rewatch the rest of the episode because I kept thinking about that scene. And it's, it's uh, I didn't know originally <laughs> it was going to start Robert Downey Jr. when they pitched it. And he's the producer. He, he, well, mm -hmm. Team Downey. Susan Downey and Robert Downey Jr. Because he was originally going to star and they were going to do it as a movie at Warner Brothers. Uh, and then he, uh, anyway, it changed and they decided to make it originally. I didn't know it was originally a limited series, but the numbers did so well that they then made it into a full series. But if it, it's honestly, I mean, parts of it are dark, parts of it, but it's really well done in that it's just something, it is it's not completely original, but it's something different. And so I'm enjoying the living daylights out of Perry Mason, which I watched the Raymond Burr one when I was younger and it never, like, it was forgettable. Like, I watched it because it was on TV. But it was forgettable. This one is sticking with me for some reason. And I think it's because everybody in that show is damaged. So, yeah, that's my that's my watch of the week, I guess. Okay. Do you mind if, real quick, one thing. So uh, I, I just to chime in one more thing. So I know that everybody loves the Mandalorian, rightfully so. It's really mm -hmm. good this season. But damn, how come nobody's talking about the Bad Batch? Because I haven't watched it. I, I only got to watch the first two episodes. Well, I know, but everybody's, everybody's talking about the Mandalorian, but the, the Bad Batch this season just a, lot of a whole nother level. on the Mandalorian this season. I don't know why. I mean, I, there, there there was one there was one part of the last episode that kind of like 
irked me. <laughs> this week, I haven't watched yeah, this. This week, week's, I'm not going to say anything. But uh, but uh, and it's it's a lame irk. It's not something that I was mad about. It was just like ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a soft pitch. But um, but the the bad match, it's it's just it just blew me away this season. All right, cool. I have uh, to check out the bad batch real quick, and and you'll know this if you follow us on Twitter. I think we can all come to the agreement though that Star Trek now has its own baby Yoda, and that is Captain Shaw. Captain Shaw is the best character in Picard. Well, honestly, I, I got agree with you one hundred percent. If you're on social media, I've watched half of them. I follow him now, James. Oh no, no! If you if you're on social media, somebody tweeted it, and then the Bonehead account retweeted it because somebody tweeted episode one. Who is this mother? Yeah. Because he comes across as immediately hateable, and then it's episode seven. If Paramount kills him off, I'll burn the studio down. <laughs> right? I guess I guess I need to watch it. I'm I've only watched half of episode one. Oh man, it, Chad! You there's only it. one character who has an arc, and it's Shaw. Okay, but it he's a so, big like, character. I want him to have his show now. Like I honestly, because Todd, uh, Todd Stash, Stash, well, they right? they just announced today they're doing another Star Trek series. Well, they just won't Academy, tell what it is. Which I knew Academy was coming though because they set everything up for it. And by the way, fans have been saying there needs to be an Academy show for thirty years. So of course, and, and I haven't watched this week's episode yet. It just dropped. I haven't. Today, well, I've right? got to wait for my wife now because she got into it. I was like, first two seasons, nobody watched it but me, and now it's oh, I want to watch it now that the entire cast is back. And I'm like, in all fairness, that season two was awful. Oh, it's dreadful. It's almost unwatchable. It is. Uh, well, actually, it was unwatchable. I just watched it because I wanted to get through it. It took me forever. What a I, there's scenes show. in it that I like. Basically, any scene, <coughs> actually, the closing scene between Q and Picard, that last scene between the two of them. That, dude, there is so little to like in that. So little well, to like. I, I, I'm not arguing that point. But my entire thing is, and what I feel, my critique of Picard as a three season arc. Yeah. Because this is the last season. Is, Second season was useless. Um, but they introduced so many interesting things that never go anywhere. Yeah. Like Elnor, I found fascinating as a character. You could have done something with that character, but they didn't. I mean, they did, but they didn't. Yeah. Right? <coughs> so, right. I mean, yeah. Well, sorry, we've been going over an hour now. We oh, said we do a short show. All right. Well, check out. I just love the captain. I'm, I'm with you. What an. The rest of them are a-holes. Anyway, check out <laughs> next week. Check out, I don't know, do something. Do whatever it is you want to do. Just keep listening to Bonehead. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's, there you go. We we need the views, folks, or Doodles. the listens, or the whatevers. Grrrr. <sighs>